welcome back to Never Have I Ever Hosted a Podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Clara. And today we will be discussing the third episode titled Never Have I Ever Gotten Drunk with the Popular Kids. That's not all. We have a special guest with us today, Dylan Tai, who plays Eddie Tan, one of the members of Paxton's Hot Pocket. Welcome, Dylan. Thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. As some of you know, Ben Norris, a.k.a. Trent Harrison, was originally going to be here as well, but we had a little scheduling snafu. Don't worry, though. He'll join us later in the season. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Well, before we get too far, I think we should let Trent and Paxton tell us a little bit about this episode. It was really cool of you to do so much of the work, and for what it's worth, I did come up with a slogan. That's great. That's like 10% of our grade. What is it? All right, check me out. Bunker. Just open up the app by clicking on the icon, putting your address, and you'll find a bunker in your neighborhood, if one is available. Bunker. Yo, that slogan sucks. <laughs> Slogans are supposed to be short and sexy, like live moss. Shut up, dude. It's good. Yeah, it's good if you want to repeat the class a third time. Group assignments. Am I right? You're definitely right. I'm gonna have to agree with Trent on this one. Also, I know it's taken and also it's super morbid in context, but Live Moss actually kind of works as a slogan for Bunker. <laughs> I love how Trent is very smart in this moment, but also quotes Taco Bell's slogan. He's gotta be a stoner, right? So, Clara, <laughs> what do you think of this episode? Well, so first... Trent is absolutely a stoner, at least <laughs> at heart. Um, but I loved the episode. Like, the assignment Mr. Shapiro gives them is so over-the-top ridiculous and also just, like, confirms further my... He's the Amy Poehler cool mom from Mean Girls vibe. <laughs> um it's also like i work in tech and it's a hundred percent how tech bros in silicon valley approach things like here's a complex social problem let me air quotes solve it with an app you can't actually do that but go off i guess um this episode has a lot of deep moments too though which i really appreciated like i love when eve asks fabiola to the fundraiser and fabiola brushes her off because she's not ready to admit to herself that she likes girls and it also really underscores Davy's low standards for Paxton and her issues with self-esteem I continue to love her interactions with Dr. Ryan I like can't believe that she asked her to buy her a thong but I also can it's very in character and of course we wouldn't have Dylan here if we didn't adore the hot pocket which is out in force in this episode so all in all pretty great 22 minutes of tv what about you Danny well, I think that Davy should have asked Trent's mom to buy her a thong. I feel like that would have gone over <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, of course, I've liked, I liked it. I've seen this show, like, way too many times now. I literally made Clara watch it. That's true. I figured she would eventually, but I wouldn't shut up about it. You wouldn't. You, like, texted me every day, three times a day to be like, watch the show. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. <laughs> Episode three, though, is where the show really starts to get where it's going. The first two episodes are basically set up like most shows are. In this episode, we really start to get to know a lot more characters other than just Davey, Paxton, and Ben Gross. It was such a fun episode, and it had a lot of energy to it. But it did also have a lot of like really deep moments, like you said. I would probably say it's probably one of my favorite episodes. Oh, um, I think your all-time favorite episode comes later, though, right? Like, that's the Ben episode? Yeah, that's the good yeah. one. That's the best one. <laughs> so, Dylan, what about you? What are your overall thoughts on this episode? This episode? Um, this is the one 
the coyote, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. coyote, coyote girl. girl. <laughs> Only seen this twice. I'm bad. Only watched it twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's like a, a lot of developing of Trent's character. That's yeah. great to see because he's like a very funny guy in person too. Ben is a great guy, and to see that play off on screen is awesome. The discovery moment of Fabiola going to this is the nail salon scene too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the chicken, the chicken nails. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> that confrontations of the struggles of every LGBTQ individual in the society is like, it's that confrontation of parents and like unsure to stay and not to be heartbroken. So I like that a lot. Like, I didn't even, I don't know the script um, coming to the show. So like, just watch that. And I was like, that's a good touch base for developing a fabulous character. Yeah. And also dealing with um, Debbie's of her dad deeper into the like doing the tomato oh yeah tomato yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah tomato garden and she's like meeting the coyote and like thinking that her dad is coming back to her through this animal it's fun and like how it starts off with tiktok too there's a tiktok one too yes, right? yes. oh god it's such a good scene <laughs> yeah so it's great it's great it's, it's the rain it's the roller coaster ride in this episode it really is it's very quick moving yeah yeah um yeah i love everything you said the chicken nail scene is, <laughs> it's its just so good. And we'll talk about it more later. But I think we're going to start off with a short game of Never Have I Ever because the show's title basically demands it. So <laughs> typically when you're playing Never Have I Ever, you hold up like five fingers and the first person to put down all their fingers loses and there's like alcohol involved. There's no losers here. I am drinking tea, not alcohol. So instead, we're just going to like answer every question with I have or I've never and the people listening can tally it up if they feel so inclined. So should we get started? Never have I ever shoplifted. Ooh, I have. I have. (laughs) (laughs) I have. And I got arrested for it once. Don't do it. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't do it. Never have I ever dined and dashed. Never. Wanted to, but never. (laughs) (laughs) I have never. Me neither. Never have I ever been caught cheating on a test. I have. I have. (laughs) I've never been caught. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a story, Dylan? It was in college. I thought I was sneaky, but like, he caught me. (laughs) He, He didn't say anything. He didn't like take my test away he just let me continue but like yeah he ended up failing me I was like my story is kind of pathetic it was in high school and it was an open note quiz and my friend gave me her notes and he recognized her handwriting is that really cheating though (laughs) it is I guess (laughs) I definitely failed the quiz is it the open notes where it has to be what you've written the night before? or I don't remember. It was like 20 years ago at this point. But it definitely had to be something you had written. I'm pretty sure that was the main the thing that I got called out on. <laughs> Probably. Um, all right, next one. Never have I ever been caught sneaking into a movie. I have. And it was when Superbad came out. It was like right before I was 17. So if it was just like a couple months later, I would have been fine. Dylan, what about you? Never, never. I snuck into one, <laughs> but never got caught. Yeah, I, I snuck into, I have definitely snuck into movies before. I've never been caught. The last one I remember sneaking into was Star Trek Nemesis, which I decided I was going to sneak into. I actually think I paid for a different movie because I was like mad that Will Wheaton got cut out of it. 
he blogged about how he was sad. And so I was like, all right, I'm not paying for the movie. But I love Star Trek, so that was like a dumb thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone has movie hopped or like sneaking to a different movie if they didn't like the first one that they paid for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never had have I ever had a paranormal experience. Ooh. Never. I I don't so I don't super believe in a lot of the paranormal stuff but I've definitely had experiences that are like very intuitive like where I can't reconstruct the logic of my intuition when I was really young I used to always know when people would get together romantically in school (laughs) and in my head like what happened was I would like hear their voices together but I think it was just that I sort of was reading the signs and so like I supplied their voices in my head anyway (laughs) <laughs> the psychic. Oh, psychic. <laughs> I've definitely had paranormal experiences, but it's it's a story for another day. Oh, all right. We're gonna have to hear that at some point. Um <laughs> never have I ever been so hungover I was out of commission for an entire day. Dylan? Never. But my friends have. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few times um but i think like at one point there was a, a moment where i lightweight had alcohol poisoning so oh shit <sighs> that was fun never for me i mean you know me danny i barely drink <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i get drunk off of half a beer <laughs> <laughs> never have i ever stayed up till the crack of dawn talking to someone i like i have it's a rite of passage in high school. I once actually, I do weirdly have a story about this because I stayed up and I like hid in my closet. This is like a theme apparently. <laughs> um, I think because like I didn't want my parents to overhear and I was like 14 and I fell asleep in the closet and I woke up because my mom was freaking out because she didn't know where I was and she thought I had been like kidnapped <laughs> or I'd like run away or something, <laughs> but I was just in the closet. Oh, but in your closet. In my closet. <laughs> yeah, still here. <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> I definitely have, but that's funny. Whenever I would try to hide being awake from my parents, I would like stuff a towel like under the door frame so that the light wouldn't shine through. <laughs> I only got Wait, caught, You don't like, do it once. in the dark? You don't talk in the dark? You kept the light on? Um, Usually it's like my mom would see like the computer light. Like if I was like up uh, on like, yeah. On AIM. So, <laughs> on AIM. AIM. <laughs> but wait, what is our audience? Do they even know what AIM is? Oh, half of them probably don't. But we do and we're the important ones. <laughs> okay, AOL Instant Messenger. Ding. It was like, <laughs> wait, what is the, it, it was like Slack, but like way back in the day. Kind of, kind of. I don't know what the like equivalent is. It, Instagram DM. An IM. It's close. Facebook Messenger. Yeah, yeah. It's probably closer to Facebook. Yeah, Messenger. it's like Messenger, but like way back when. Never have I ever lied about a family member dying to get out of something. Ooh, I have. Dylan. Wait. Okay, this we need the story for. No, have I? No, I haven't. Okay, that's my friend. I lied for him. <laughs> I feel like what I'm getting out of that is that you haven't, but you would. <laughs> I would, yes. Yeah, so it's for my friend. So I was like, it's actually in college. I don't know how we got away with it, but he wasn't there. I was like, yeah, his grandma died, so he's not here, so he needs to be checked his test. And the prof was like, okay, cool. Oh. Just bring a flyer or something. I'm like, okay, cool. 
So you <laughs> lied about your friend's family member dying. Now I get how those yeah. got mixed up. <laughs> Danny, what about you? Lie for him. I haven't. I mean, I, I've made up like so many little white lies to, to get out of something, but <laughs> a family member dying is actually not one of them. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like there's some karma there that I would not want to get into. True, true. Never have I ever been slapped across the face. I have. Did you deserve it? No. She just <laughs> slapped me for no reason and broke my glasses. In oh. half. <laughs> That's pretty mean. Uh. I have been slapped across the face in sixth grade. I honestly don't even remember what this fight was about, but it's such a weird story. This girl slapped me and I slapped her back. And then it was like in PE and the PE teacher like called us into her office and made us apologize to each other and then gave us candy. So like my lesson from that was if you slap people, you get candy. (laughs) Um, I have. And... I mean, I have a couple times, but I've also slapped other people across the face. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the funniest time that it ever happened to me, it was someone's birthday, and, like, we were out, like, drinking and going and bar hopping, and we were, like, waiting to get into this place in Davis where you can dance, because, you know, Davis only has, like, two places you can hang out um, and drink, so... I I was like waiting in line and I stepped out of line to go help my friend because she was like crying, of mm. course, because, you know, drinking. And then I got back in line and this girl just like got all up in my face and she's like, you're cutting. And I was like, no, I'm not. And like my friend who was in line was like, no, she's not. And then all of a sudden this bitch just starts throwing punches. Ooh. So I had to slap her. <laughs> you deserve that. But it almost got pretty bad, though. My friends had to, like, pull me away. They were like, no. I feel like it's important, Dylan, that you know this when when you hear Danny tell the story. She's, like, five foot. Oh, wow. Yeah, five foot nothing. <laughs> She's this big. I was wearing a leather jacket, and this girl, like, literally verbatim says, you think you're so hard wearing a leather jacket? <laughs> It was pretty funny. Uh, All right. Never have I ever had a crush on a friend's family member. Never. I have. um, I mean, I have not, but I did have a massive crush on one of my cousin's best friends. I have not had a crush on a friend's family member that I remember anyway. Uh, But story for another day. I have a cousin who I'm not related to by blood who my mom tried to set me up with in high school. So... That's a story. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Never have I ever cried during a concert. Never. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I- I'm pretty emotional about music sometimes, but I don't think I've ever cried during Cry a concert. movies, but... <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, all the all time. The time. <laughs> I cry in, like, credit sequences, but... <laughs> That's how I was when, like... The last Harry Potter movie came out in theaters. I was like, crying before the movie even started. <laughs> um, but yes, I have cried during a concert. I actually have quite a bit. Um, but I think like the most emotional I've ever been was when I saw All Time Low with my best friend in Seattle. They have a song called Missing You. Mm-hmm. And it's all about like talking someone down from uh, committing suicide. So we were both Aww. just like crying during it. But, you know, also alcohol was involved in that moment, too. <laughs> I don't drink that much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, I think this is the last one. Never have I ever sent a text and immediately regretted it. I have. 
I honestly feel like who hasn't? If you haven't <laughs> sent a text and immediately regretted it, who even are you? Though I do think I am an old, it used to happen to me even more with emails. Like I would stay up too late and then like all of my judgment would disappear and I would email somebody something super emotional like 2 a.m. and be like, oh God, that was a terrible mistake. And then, you know, hate myself for it for a year. <laughs> but if you don't have WhatsApp, WhatsApp, you can delete it automatically if you regret Wait, it. Wait, can you second. actually delete it from like their end too? Yes. So you have, you code delete and it say delete for me or delete for everyone and it's gonna be gone. Okay, now I care about WhatsApp again. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used it in a while. I haven't used it since I lived in Turkey. You can but... also, you can also unsend uh, Instagram DMs. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily, so if the push notification goes through, they still get the push notification. Yep. So they do, but I've noticed that if they like erase it, I've had it actually take away the notification from me. It'll just say unsent. It won't even tell me who okay. did it. I don't trust it, but shame. Sure. I don't trust that. <laughs> I don't trust you. Um, but yes, I have sent a text and immediately regret it. I do that all the time, but like for me, I feel like it's mostly like an anxiety thing, and I'll just like freak out about it. Is this why it takes you forever to answer texts now? Yes. <laughs> I'm always afraid I'm going to send it to the wrong person, too. Like, oh, yeah, that's something I when I was younger, I used to check like a million times, especially when we had like flip phones. Mm. Like, did I text the right person back? You can do that now, too. Nowadays, if you see an M or like especially with iPhones and you know, you think you're replying to the person that you're talking to. Oh, yeah. If you use touch force. <laughs> yeah. And then you text the wrong person. So like I was texting my friend. I was that mad at them. And then I texted it to my friend's mom. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, who are you talking to? I was like. Uh, wrong person, disregard it, <laughs> delete it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I think this is why some people put emojis in their contacts to like help them really quickly figure out. Well, like who to. if you use touch force, like on your on an iPhone, press it down, you can like press like reply and start replying that way. And that's usually the way that you end up responding to the wrong person. This has been tech support with never have I ever hosted a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we probably should get into the, the interview portion of the evening. I hope you brought your ball gown. We love audition stories. So Dylan, what was your audition like? And how was Eddie described in the info you got about him when you went to audition? Wow, that's a good one. There was no audition. Really? Oh, zero. You're just that good. <laughs> no, this is what happened. So how I got into the show was through a connection who works for never have ever who works closely with mindy and mm. he sent my photo in to the 80 and 80 was like sure we're glad to have him we need more diversity more asians and i chose i started the same day as everyone started um and then i think the second day second or third day when we were filming at the school they was like oh come here you're part of the hot pockets i'm like okay so i was standing i was sitting with ben who plays Trent, and Dana, who plays Marcus. And then the director at the time was for that episode was Tristan Shapiro. And they were like, who's Eddie? And I was like, who? Who was looking directly at me? And I was like, um, what? And they were like, who's Eddie? And then the other AD was like, it's you. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And they were like, you're Eddie Tan. And I was like, cool. So from that day forward, that was like 30 minutes prior to shooting that episode. And yeah, I became any Dan. So uh, clearly you wouldn't have a background for him ahead of time, but like, have you developed one now? I mean, 
from what we know and from what I develop, I'm part of the swim team. Varsity. Right. I'm a junior. I'm maybe a junior. Paxton got held behind, and he's in varsity. So I'm probably the same age as Paxton, and that's all I know. <laughs> I think Paxton only got held behind in one class. Like I think he's still technically considered a junior. Yeah. So yeah. then I'm a junior. That's all I know. <laughs> that's my story. That's how I became anything <laughs> from that day forth. Do you have like um like something you've kind of like made up for him though, like in your own mind? No. I just went with the flow. I was like, I don't know, I just went with the flow of it and like improv. I just know that he was shady to Debbie all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you can just see all the footage, like I'm always shady to her. So except for that one scene that was nice. I got cut out, I was like, great. <laughs> but um yeah there's not much eddie lou who plays steve i was like we could be brothers because like his real name is eddie in real life so i was like we could be brothers but then i found out he already had a last name so i was like damn <laughs> so that was the thing i was hoping for like we could have been brothers but that would have been funny yeah, um that's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> you never know in tv shows they retcon stuff all yeah. the time true we could be cousins there you go cousins that's <laughs> all right so uh what was high school like for you was it anything like we see in the show oh hell no <laughs> <laughs> i was the introvert i was into i'm I'm like eleanor no not like ellen i was more of the shy kid who was like i'm a mix of fabriola eleanor and i guess somewhat debbie like I wanted to do what I like, like, so theater, I, in junior, I always wanted to dance. So, like, in junior year, I auditioned for the plays, and my parents, being Asians, they were like, no, you need to make A's, no extracurricular activities or anything like that. So, I was like, okay, whatever, fuck you. I didn't say that <laughs> to them, but, like, I still went and auditioned, and I got in, and, like, I was very artistic, but then I was still shy and trying to discover myself so like in a case like where Fabiola is like discovering her um mm. sexuality that was me too so I was like I wasn't sure where I flow so I was like I was in that way hesitant of saying much and just went just did what people told me to do and I was like a yes person mm. um parties no got drunk no the only <laughs> alcohol I had was Smirnoff with the family <laughs> that's the much I had um but yeah I guess the partying and everything else, like being a savage, reckless, was in the college, but um, mm. that was not my high school experience. What Debbie went through. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like right, like Davy is doing this sort of party thing now as a way of finding her identity. But I, I sort of feel the same way as you, right? Like I don't think that I could have relaxed at a party ever if I didn't feel a certain amount comfortable with who I am and in my own skin and like I knew what I was about yeah <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sneak out to a party anyways or had the means oh that I did plenty in high school <laughs> <laughs> I had plenty of sneaking out I just did weird things like push a friend around in a shopping cart in a parking lot for an hour at three in the morning whatever I was a weird kid <laughs> I, I didn't have to sneak out I basically spent like every single day like at someone else's house my mom would just she just kind of let us do whatever we wanted, which is good and bad. So, 
Um, yeah, the much I did was skip school <laughs> <laughs> and shove six people in a little Honda Civic. That was my senior oh, year. <laughs> did you put people in the trunk too? No, I had someone lay across laps. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've done that. Probably safer, maybe, but easier to get caught. I, yeah. I've been the person that had to do that. I've also sat in someone's lap, like in the car. Well, <laughs> too many people. So I heard that Mindy and Link collaborated with the cast a lot um, to make the characters feel really true to life. Was that experience something you had, or do you know of like how that went for like a different actor? Um, that's what I heard. For me personally, I the much I got to interact with Mindy was she came up the day that we did that shoot, that scene with the guys, and she was like, yeah. "Roll it up." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, cool." So what is that? Because <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Cause we're like, just like just hang out." Like that's all we got. Like just hang out, and be bros, and then she was like, "You guys, she just came up, roll it up more." But I, I, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, cool." So yeah, so I'm pretty sure for like my tray and Lee and Ramona and Darren and them pretty much got the one-on-one interaction. For me, it's like technically background, but then I had to become featured. So it's like, I didn't have that much interaction with Lang or Mindy at all. And besides that, bro it up. But from what I know, it's like they had their one-on-ones and so forth. Well, so if the show gets renewed, which it really should. I hope so. I so hope so. But Rona. <laughs> um, what do you want to see for Eddie in season two and beyond? His storyline. I want him to be developed. I really hope he gets developed and like more of the hot pockets developed, like their struggles. Cause I'm pretty sure like we're quiet. Like all of us are quiet. We just of the four, I don't talk. I'm just expressionist <laughs> with my face. <laughs> you you were really good at giving some side eye. Oh yeah. <laughs> shady to dev right or to davy rather yeah, yeah they were like look her up and down more i was like i can't <laughs> it's so hard but yeah i hope eddie gets developed and like he gets a little story to him and like the whole hot pocket in general like how we all came about because all of us like trent marcus me like we we're all different characters mm-hmm. yeah I feel, I feel like with eddie is like eddie is always with paxton but like he's not talked about but um yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be cool if, like hot po- the hot pockets and packs and get an episode yeah and it'd be cool if we had like a dance number two <laughs> the last show that we had a podcast for had a musical number in every single season so we would yes, definitely love to to see a musical episode Oh, you're converted now. She used to tell me she didn't like musicals, but I think she's... I, that's not what I ever said. I said that I don't like... I mus- have the receipts. No, I said I don't like <laughs> musicals that are from stop to finish where there's no okay. fucking dialogue. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I really I hope like. there's a musical. I really hope there's a musical because everyone is talented. My trick, we all went to karaoke, so I heard all of them sing. If you follow Lee or Ramona, they can sing. I think Darren sings, but I never heard him. Jaron sings. I know we all can dance. And then Marcus, he dances and sings. And yeah, so it'd be really cool to have a musical number in this episode. Because, I mean, you got some Bollywood vibes already, so. Yeah, and like, Davy has a big imagination, right? Like, I mean, that's a big part of this episode is that she is using her imagination to process her grief with her dad. And in the last episode, her weird sex scene dream yeah, sequence yeah, yeah. with Paxton and 
Supreme Court, whatever. So I feel like there's also like a really natural way to get there, right? Like this can be Davy dealing with something by imagining this musical number. Or it could be Eleanor's episode because she's a drama. Oh, yes. It's like a Riverdale kind of way. Because Riverdale always do this when they have a, when they talk about the drama. The play. play. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. if it's Eleanor's episode or a prom episode like we talked about prom ah. and homecoming in the episode there was flyers and I was like are we gonna have a dance scene is there no <laughs> so like I really hope there is some dancing something some sort of dancing or singing for like the hot pockets in the UNs and just like dance battle or something dance battle. <laughs> I, I feel pretty much like the same way I would really love to see um some of the the so-called like background characters have a story um, some of my favorite episodes of our previous podcast show, The Magicians, had really lovely episodes um, that are basically saying, like, there's no such thing as a side character because everyone's the hero of their own story. And they were some of the best episodes of the entire series, too. So, like, I would really love to see something like that for this show. And I feel like it could fit really well with the high school theme because there are so many people who are, like, wallflowers and, like, they have a story, too. Like, it would be really good yeah and i mean danny i know you're not a star trek fan though working on it (laughs) we're working on it um but like there were a bunch of episodes in star trek and especially tng that were like lower decks episodes where basically you have all these people who are literally background characters like people who are milling around engineering while Jordy is you know fixing the warp core or whatever um (laughs) and like people who are on the bridge but who never talk they they would have these episodes that were like just them without all the main characters in the way. And I would love to see that for like the Hot Pocket without Paxton and maybe combined with like Eleanor and Fabiola without Davy, just to like get a little bit more of that fleshed out. Yeah. And maybe Alex Gomez, because I feel like he's got a fun story. True, true. <laughs> yeah, it's like Glee and Riverdale too. Like the groups, the groupies, right? The clicks and stuff to end up having a story to them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that makes the whole show richer because you have a real ecosystem and a world that you're building and not just a handful of important characters so this next question is from darren q barnett on instagram what was your favorite scene to film favorite scene um i guess it would be this episode the coyotes it was fun it was fun it was late at night i mean we didn't interact with the coyotes it was really fun like to like play and like imagine a coyote biting Devi. It was really fun. I think that was my most favorite one of all, but like top it off was like the day that the hot pockets assembled was like equal. I don't know. I like both. <laughs> the way you said that like you know how there's like Avengers assemble, hot pocket assemble. <laughs> hot pocket assemble. <laughs> But yeah, there's one scene that was really fun that you guys didn't really see um, was in episode one. Um, it was like when Debbie was able to walk. It was at a grocery store and like we were just messing around with the caterpillars. So like from afar, you, you see Paxton jumping on something, but it's actually a caterpillar. It was one of those um, coin, was it the little coin kid? Operated. Like, the coin, yeah. Yeah, call, coin operated. Yeah, coin operated. Yeah. So it was just yeah. like goofing around and it was like, bro, it up, just be stupid. And I'm mm. like, okay. And it was like, at a grocery store actually working like we didn't cut up didn't cut off on anything and we we're like okay cool so what do we do it's kind of just beating it up and like be stupid and like high schoolers and that was fun 
caterpillar like the truck or like a, a, little, like a, a little baby caterpillar thing i've seen oh, pictures okay. it was like a you know those like coin operated like Right, right, right. I just meant not, not the thing that becomes a butterfly, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> no that's what it is. Caterpillar. Yeah, yeah, caterpillar. The ant, the little oh, insect. Oh, wait, no, I know what you mean. Like the, like the, um, they're like seesaws yeah. almost or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. Um, yeah, so that was fine. It was hot, but yeah. <laughs> this one is from my friend Lynn. If you could play any other role in the show, regardless of gender or race, who would it be? Ooh, ooh, Eleanor. She's just fun and bubbly. Like Ramona does a great job of her. Like, in Ramona's like that in person too. Like she's very fun, bubbly, very dramatic. So like Eleanor would be fun, and she's colorful. She's colorful too. So it's like different tones and like it was so sad to see her depressed. But oh yeah. All in beige and khaki. Yeah, I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, what is going on? What happened? She looks like a park <laughs> ranger in one of those scenes. Uh, but yeah, Eleanor. It's a good, it, good answer. Who do you identify with most on the show? Is it also Eleanor? Okay, let's rephrase. Like, as a high school student or right now? Right now. Right now. Oh, shit. Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, I can't pinpoint one because every character has a certain journey to them mm-hmm. that we all have gone through or is going through. So, like, I guess, like, Devi is the one who's, like, discovering self-love, figuring out, like, how to deal with loss, and then Fabiola is dealing with self-identity. Hmm. Same with, I think Eleanor is the same. It's, like, self-love. I think everyone is dealing with self-love and identity in this show because, like, Everyone's missing something, missing a parent or missing that love from a figure that they want. Um, hmm. Paxton is like very hardcore, but like you don't really know much from besides his sister, um, which is very like heartfelt and very cute, a cute ad. But yeah, I really don't know. Who else is there? Camilla, Steve, Nalini. Nalini. <laughs> yeah, Nalini. Mohan. I guess by default, it has to be the main cast or anyone. 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 Yeah. I'm going to go by default, Steve. Because <laughs> 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 you just want right. love. So there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So here are some fun, uh, sh- like, short questions um, that we'll all answer. What song would you consider your high school anthem? Mine was Weightless by All Time Low, which I still really relate to. Or whenever we played rock band, which was really, really cool when I was in high school. (laughs) Everyone would make me play and sing Danny California by Red Hot Chili Peppers because, you know, I'm Danny from California. What about you, Clara? Okay, so in high school, (laughs) I, I feel like I had, I mean, I've always had eclectic music taste but in high school it was very centered on industrial music folk music and indie music which is a bizarre combination um but it's what you get when you have like a goth (laughs) i guess (laughs) a pink goth is that um so i'm not sure that i had an anthem because i'm not sure how you would with that soundtrack like either it would be like 
in German, or <laughs> it would be uh, just, you know, very sad and guitar-y. But one of my strongest memories from high school that's like music related was um, sitting at my friend Kelly's house and listening to the album, This is a Long Drive for Someone with Nothing to Think About by Modest Mouse while she played Echo the Dolphin. Um, so I've always had like a really strong memory of just that, just like the, the like sereneness of Echo the Dolphin and the kind of like, I mean, there's a certain sereneness if you don't listen to the lyrics of, um, that Modest Mouse album. Um, but I was obsessed with the song talking shit about a pretty sunset and I still go back to it whenever I'm like in a real mood or I want to like feel my feelings. So maybe that's my anthem it's a little depressing but um yeah what about you dylan i'm trying to look one up oh my god <laughs> what was like your favorite band in high school i didn't have um what was it i forgot the name paramore therapy paramore paramore yeah what's that song there's one song that i really uh, misery business is it crush I think those are like the most popular ones. Oh, badass songs. Like, how did Misery Business go? I don't even remember. That was like the one where she like is pining after some guy and um, that she had been dating and then she calls this other girl like a whore. Oh, it's part of the no. lyrics. Nope. Um, <laughs> that's not it then. Um, Damn. It doesn't have to be a band. It can be like a pop artist or a rapper. High school, high school. <laughs> I'm trying to think. What are what are their hit songs in 2010? Wait, yeah, when did you graduate high school? 2010. You guys oh my God, not guess so my old. age now. <laughs> oh, we don't have to put that part in there. <laughs> uh, well, it's okay. We can we can just say that you liked Paramore in high school and come back to it if you think of something. I mean, who else? What other bands? Um, who sang Firefly? Owl City. Yeah, that's a cute song. I would say Firefly. Then. There's a okay. that song that he put out with Carly Rae Jepsen. Good time. Everyone really liked that one. I used to listen to Owl City like back when in the MySpace days. Like I had it on my profile because I thought he was really cool since he like recorded his music in his garage. <laughs> Did you have MySpace, Dylan? Yup. Who didn't? <laughs> was Tom in your top eight? No. I deleted Tom? Tom as a friend. <laughs> Dude, there's some fucking crazy backstory to Tom that is way too long to get into, but. You're going to text me about that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So we all agree that JKR is a big turf, but since Danny and I at least still grew up on Harry Potter, we have to ask, what's your Hogwarts house? And what would you say Eddie's is? Ooh. Ooh. Hufflepuff. <laughs> Hufflepuff is you or Eddie or both? I think both. Okay. I would say both. I, I would say that like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Eddie, at first glance, just because he's always like mean mugging and side eyeing, is probably Slytherin in my mind. True, <laughs> true. But then he could be a sweetheart. <laughs> well, and this is like Slytherin and Hufflepuff have a lot of things in common. Like they mm -hmm. both do loyalty, they just do it differently. Yeah. So, you know, it could very easily be just mistaking, mistaking. Hufflepuff loyalty for Slytherin but, loyalty. But also at the same time, I feel like everybody in 
Paxson's hot pocket is probably like a Gryffindor because they just have that like bro mentality. True, do you think? True, wait, true. I will go. Okay, think, let's change it. Gryffindor. Okay. Okay. Wait. Yeah, Trent is definitely Trent is definitely a Gryffindor. He because he's like a Weasley brother. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yes, I, th- I think that they are mostly Gryffindors in the Hot Pocket. Yeah, I was um, going to say Gryffindor as my second option. So, yeah, <laughs> let's change it to Gryffindor for Eddie. Okay, so well, cool. Dylan's a Hufflepuff and Eddie's a Gryffindor. Yeah. Yeah. Final answer. Buzzing <laughs> in. <laughs> so Claire and I are both Ravenclaw pri- primaries with a Slytherin secondary Although I basically had a midlife crisis when Pottermore came out because I always self-identified as a Slytherin and I kept taking the test and I kept getting Ravenclaw and I was just like, it finally admitted defeat. I was like, okay, it makes sense. But Wait, what kind I of mean, test? Buzzfeed or like? Oh, like. No, the Pottermore. Like uh, the sorting, okay. the sorting hat. Um, Basically like, it asks you some like really random questions, but there it is does. like a, um. Not BuzzFeed, but, like, a quiz site actually compiled, like, every single question that you can get, like, asked into one thread, and it'll tell you which percentage you are of each house. That one's pretty fun. I, I was in, like, a when LiveJournal was still a thing, I was in a LiveJournal um, fan community for Harry Potter, and they do the sorting. Like, you answer their quiz, and then everybody votes on you. Um, and they... Sp- Split me like 50-50, or it was almost 50-50, like people who voted Ravenclaw versus Hufflepuff. But then when I did the quiz for my secondary house, it was the highest unanimity that the community had ever seen. And they all said I was Slytherin so <laughs> as my secondary. So I think that that fits too. Pottermore, I was a three-way hat stall, as Danny knows, because I talked about it incessantly on our last podcast. Um, but it was like everything but Gryffindor. And I still think that that's probably true. I think I've become more Hufflepuffy and a little less Slytherin as I've gotten older. <laughs> Hufflepuffy. <laughs> <laughs> I call my dog, my dog like barks all the time, and we call him a grumple puff sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, the oh. coyote. You guys haven't mentioned a coyote. Oh, we'll get there. I know we oh. haven't even gotten into the episode, but we're almost there. Right. We're almost there. Right. I think there's just like one Jumping more, question. One more oh. question. <laughs> While we're on the subject of personality stuff, what are your astrological signs? I know my birth chart. And I'm a Capricorn sun, Sagittarius moon, Aquarius rising, which is a lot of fun for my personal life. <laughs> what about you, Dylan? You don't have to know your birth chart, but we could probably figure my birth that chart. out. Later. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice. I have this dog. I'm Aquarius. Is that co-star that you're pulling up? Astro? <laughs> Astro.com? My oh, friend that's did a good one. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so it says I'm a Aquarius sun, Pisces moon. Aquarius, Mercury, Capricorn, Venus. How far do I need to go? <laughs> the first three was fine. So wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay cool. so say it again one more time. Aquarius, Sun, um, Pisces, Moon, and Mercury, Aquarius. Oh. What about wait, your rising? Rising. So is, it, is that on there? How do I know what rising is? It would say ascendant sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it says ascendant. Oh, Cancer. Oh, okay. So you got a lot of feels up in there. E. <laughs> Danny and I are both earth signs so she's the cap sun um I and we both have Aquarius rising which I think 
account those two things together account for the fact that we can get along um i'm virgo sun and pisces moon like you um and i don't remember exactly what you said then grosses danny but i remember thinking that you basically like smushed our charts together and came up with them which is so fitting i said that ben gross's three signs would be a virgo sun and that, uh-huh. that like came about mostly because his birthday falls at the very like beginning of the school year which would be in yeah. september which would most likely make him either a virgo or a libra but a libra would make no sense um, and Libra's too late, probably. But Yeah, so that's, like, what kind of, like, because at first I thought he was a Capricorn son, but he's not nearly cynical enough to be a Capricorn. No, um, he, he's a soft boy, like me. So I put Capricorn <laughs> as his rising, because, like, you know, first thoughts. And then I put Aquarius as his moon. Yeah, okay, so he's got Virgo, Cap, and Aquarius. So it's, yeah. And, yeah, it's it's smush. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway... Before we get into the deep dive, Dylan, do you have anything coming up other than NHIE which you want to plug for our audience? Um, not much. I'm just, um, I mean, we're in quarantine, so there's not much yeah. happening. <laughs> but I Fair mean, enough. my musical feature called The Girl Ooh. Who Left Home. So it's a musical feature film. Hopefully you guys know who this is. Paula Montavon from Cinderella with um, Brandy and Whitney. Mm-hmm. He's in it. Uh, he plays her uncle. Um, Emmy Caligato from Malcolm in the Middle. Um, she plays the mom, along with Haven Everly, who's our leading actress, Lady About. It's about a Filipino-American family, a girl who left home from Maryland to L.A. to pursue her dreams to become an actress. And her dad passed away, and she goes back, and then she has to deal with um, the family restaurant, along with, um, I guess, what we're all going through in life as artists of pursuing our dreams to be happy or pursuing our parents of following mm. their footsteps mm. so yeah so it's already completed we're just waiting for it to get on the big screen mm. nice well, well good luck we'll thank you we'll be out. watching thanks all right so we're gonna get into the episode deep dive the first part of this episode is the TikTok video uh, that the girls are making the TikTok video <laughs> I'm not a big fan of TikTok personally because I'm still mourning Vine. Um, <laughs> but I thought bringing uh, what's currently big with that age group was really important. Um, also, the TikTok video is just, like, really funny. Eleanor is, like, really serious about it. And Fabiola is just, like, trying to be cute. And Debbie is definitely trying to be sexy. Uh, but I love when Nalini comes out. And then you just see her and uh, Davy go off screen. And then when she comes back, uh, she's wearing an undershirt. <laughs> under her dress um and it's honestly just like the little things that i love about this show so much it's it's what i loved about the office and what i really like about superstore it's those like little background things that you have to be paying attention to see and i feel like so many people just like don't take everything in anymore so they miss like those little things I agree with you about those background moments. And like one of the things that I really liked was at the at the end, like afterward, when Davy has her like three minutes to hang out with them, the way that they each have one extra item of clothing and that it's like emblematic of who they are in some way. Because like Davy has the shirt, which is sort of representing her, the way that she is tied to her sort of mother's expectations. Mm-hmm. Fabiola is wearing a hoodie, of course, because like she would not, be caught dead in a sexy dress if it weren't for something like this. Mm. 
and Eleanor is wearing this blouse that like feels very, very Eleanor, like sort of floral. It has like a little bit of a like kimono vibe to the shape. And it definitely looks like silken. And it just, I don't know, something about that scene struck me as really sweet and like showing a lot about their personalities just with one additional item of clothing on top of these dresses. You went deep. Yeah. Well, you know, me and fashion, we do go deep, even though I dress like Fabiola. In this episode, I realized that like friendship wise, I'm a lot like Eleanor, overly apologetic advice friend who vows to physically assault someone for my best friend (laughs) i think i consistently text my best friend aaron with something like whose house do i need to burn down Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um i feel like we're really starting to see what kind of friend each of them are um fabula is also really suspect of paxton and it's hilarious like the scene where paxton turns around and smiles at davy and then sees fabula just like mean bugging him and i just that that seems so funny but who would you say that you're most like friendship-wise, Clara? Oh, man. Uh, I So first I want to say you are a lot like Eleanor, except for you are also grumpy cat incarnate, So whereas like Eleanor is super bubbly. So this is like a little bit of a difference there. I know we talked about it before, and we're not talking about this group, but I do think that, that friendship-wise, too, I'm probably most like Ben. Like, I'll roast you to your face, but I'll also be there for you 100% and more if you need anything. If I had to choose between Davy, Eleanor, and Fabiola, though, I guess I'm most like Fabiola. Like, thinking back to the pilot, I'm definitely more the build you robot legs kind of friend than the stop using my own legs in protest kind of friend. What about you, Dylan? I'll be Eleanor. <laughs> I think Eleanor. we're seeing a theme. I'll be Eleanor. <laughs> Because, I mean, I mean, I would stand up for my friends. I'm like, who do I need to hurt? <laughs> and I can be fun about it, too. But, yeah, I'm at Lenore. So next we have the group assignment. Uh, Mr. Shapiro gave them a really weird but interesting project. I'm like nine... I think you're being too generous with interesting. <laughs> I'm like 99% sure that he got his degree in philosophy. <laughs> Not really a knock, but it definitely breeds the most pseudo-intellectuals that I've met. Um <laughs> And also group projects are just like the worst. I hate them. I was at a group communications class in college and it was brutal. It was like you either get stuck doing all the work or you get stuck with someone like Ben who won't let you do any of the work, even if you wanted to. And I saw (laughs) someone comment on the fact that they think that Ben threw out an awful idea on purpose just so he could go off and do the project on his own like he wanted. And I that feels very accurate. <laughs> so one thing I thought was really funny, group projects, I am also like, oh yeah, group projects are the worst. But then my entire work is group projects. The podcast is a group project. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly we found ways to make group projects work in real life. I think it's when you can pick your group, not just from like the 20 losers in the room with you, but from like actual people that you give a shit about. When it's not forced. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Magic. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Ben is also he is the absolute worst person to work with because he's such a control freak and a micromanager. And I am calling you out because you put a note in here that says that's why he's a Virgo like you. You wouldn't be able to work together, and that is I, rude I and that not true. Both wouldn't be able to work together because you, <laughs> you totally micromanage. Hey, I am not a micromanager. I just give lots of advice and then you can take it or not. (laughs) But it's probably true that me and Ben wouldn't be able to work together because I think we're probably too similar in a lot of respects. But 
unlike him, I do respect other people's input and contributions, Danny. <laughs> um, and I think he actually does, like, he has a pretty great group, which is, I think, one of the big things that he just doesn't recognize, right? Like, they are making some pretty good suggestions, pretty good points, and very much not anti-Semitic points. Thank you very much. Uh, Eleanor <laughs> is spot on. You do not give the lo- give away the location of somebody who is trying to be in hiding and then send a car after them. That's dumb. Um, dumb. But yeah, I don't know. Dylan, what about you? Group projects, yay or nay? Good hate student, them. bad I hate student? Them. I hate them. I hate group projects. I hate them. <laughs> I mean, college, I went to community college and then university and all of them had group project and I was like uh like you always one person would be a Debbie or a Ben um there's always the micromanager or like the slackers I was the person who was in between so I would mm. make sure I would delegate them like you do this you do this and they let's get it done but someone's gonna slack off someone always slack off there's always I mean, some I think excuse that's, yeah oh. like oh no or like they they have put effort in and then they're like okay just help me get the a and like at the end of the day it's like when a teacher goes oh it's a group grade one person's gonna step up and do all of it so hate them like what you said that's like if it's not forced it's magical but when it is <laughs> despise it despise <it> forever <laughs> would you consider yourself like a good student or a bad student or a weird student Define weird. <laughs> I don't know, Clara, you put it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I was th- I think of Eleanor as a weird student because she's probably, I mean, she is probably a pretty good student, but she's also, she's just a weirdo. She's like, creative. Yeah. She's yeah, creative. yeah, creative. I'll be, then I guess I'll be the weird one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be good and weird at the same time. I think I would be the weird one as well. Yeah. I was like a class clown because I was bored all the time. <laughs> so we haven't uh, been able to talk about Kamala in general a lot yet and her relationship with Steve. What are some of your thoughts about them, Clara? So I think Steve is cute and I want Kamala to feel like she has a choice in how her life pans out. At the same time, it struck me as a little manipulative and even a little paternalistic the way that he dismissed how complicated her feelings were about possibly entering into an arranged marriage. Like he makes this big fuss about how she's a strong woman, but obviously he has a vested interest in what she decides. So as much as I I like him and also like totally understand that in context, I didn't feel like he was respecting her decision to try to do things her family's way. That said, I'm probably influenced by what happens later in the season because he gets some stalkery vibes later on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What about you guys? Um, for me, is um, I mean, it's just life in general. It's like communication issue. Um, understanding like different cultures. Mm-hmm. Like Steve doesn't understand of like, oh, she's forced to do this, but then she's like, I guess if you take it into this our society standpoint, like you have an option, you have a choice if you want to listen to your elders and be in an arranged marriage, and that's what I guess where Steve is going from of like you have an option choose mm-hmm. yeah. me or the person you you're being forced to marry she's like unsure of what to do and it stands like he should respect that that she needs to steve needs respect that she has a tough decision between family or love and that's something that is always hard to put someone through like your dreams or family 
Because you don't want to disrespect yeah. your family at the end of the day. It's true. I haven't thought too much about it within like the terms of this episode. Like I've definitely had thoughts like later on. Um, I think Steve is, is cute. He's, they're both like a little bit dopey and a little bit weird. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that Kamala is like obsessed with Riverdale, which is just the worst <laughs> show to take advice from. But <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with Riverdale. Um, Same. As long as you admit that it's not good, then you like it anyways. <laughs> You're fine. Um, not that the actors don't put in the work, because they do. But I think I can understand where Steve is coming from. He's also just very, like, hurt. I mean, who wouldn't be hurt by hearing that? And it is culturally different. Like, a lot of people, when they move here, still struggle if they want to do things, like, the way that their their family does traditionally or if they want to become more like traditionally American and it's like a really big kind of back and forth and she's actually from India yeah and moved there just for school um so it's it's definitely different for her than say like Davy who probably like mostly considers herself an American yeah yeah and I mean we'll get into this more when we actually meet the person who her family tries to set her up with. But um, one of the things that I think was really great for me, the choice that I see her, the thing that I see her expressing reservations about with respect to the arranged marriage is she's worried that she's going to end up in a relationship with somebody who doesn't respect her Mm -hmm. ambitions. Mm -hmm. And my impression from later on is that her family actually takes that into account in a very good way. So like, I think it just is more complicated than Steve's perspective makes it seem. Mm -hmm. So I really want to talk about Fabiola as well as Eve. I honestly love them both so much. Um, Fabiola is going through a lot. Her mother seems like really dismissive of her um, and it's hard to open up. Um, when your mom is like that. And I felt really similar to Fabiola when it came to talking to my mother about certain things too. It's like she would always end up saying something that made me decide against talking Mm. to her. And I just, (laughs) I was laughing out loud at the thought that that her mom thought that she liked Ben. And (laughs) (laughs) that that was too much. I felt so bad for Eve, though, like the way that Fabiola was treating her. Um, But I definitely understood where Fab is coming from. I love that overall she like comes out to herself via robot Gears Brosnan. (laughs) I have a feeling that Eleanor probably sings a version of Reindeers are better than people from Frozen to Fabiola because of things like this. (laughs) oh my god that image i mean oh it's so i see that's the musical number that we need (laughs) yes yeah i agree with you like fabiola is really going through it right now and the scene with her mom said a lot for me obviously we all know how things are going to shake out later in the season but i think it really gets at why assuming straightness is so harmful because her mom means well and i think what she's really expressing is that she's she's worried that Fabiola won't have fun, like she'll just be too focused on work or whatever. But she keeps saying she wants her to have a boyfriend, and then she looks really relieved when Fabiola tells her about Alex Gomez. So it's it's really easy to see why Fab thinks her mom isn't going to accept her if she's gay, because she just like, that word, boyfriend, mm-hmm. she just sort of keeps repeating it. Mm-hmm. So 
on the like Eve side, even though I totally get where Fab is coming from, and it feels really realistic to me the way that she handles that interaction with Eve, I still feel really bad for Eve. So yeah, what about you, Dylan? Did Fabiola's coming out storyline in this episode in season one resonate with you? It did, it did. I mean, like, talking to her parents is always hard. It's like, you don't know what to say to them to yeah. please. Because you, at the end of the day, as children, we always want to please our parents and make them happy. We want their approval. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, approval and be, like, validated. Because, like, every parent has different way of showing love. Like, Asian parents, yeah. tough mm-hmm. love. You can see what's through Debbie and her mom. It's, like, crazy tough love. And it's, like, you guys will find out at the end of the story. <laughs> end of the episode <laughs> of, like, how love is shown through her mom. Um, But, yeah, so it's, like, I feel bad for Fabio. It's, like, she wants to tell her mom, but she doesn't have the exact words. Because she's different, and, like, her mom knows that her daughter is different. That's why she's, like, I hope your boyfriend is not a robot, something like that. Like, (laughs) make sure it's, like, she's not having imaginary friends, things like that. And, like, with Eve, I love Pablo and Eve together. Um, Yeah, but I guess it's, like, what we all, how all of us, a human, a natural human reaction of, like, denial. And that was Pablo's denial reaction towards Eve of, like, Mm. Eve doesn't intentionally sense that she was gay she's like oh i'm vibing with you i want to be friends with you come with me but then fabiola just assumes her insecurities are being known by someone else that she hasn't confronted yeah yeah that's where that interaction comes from so it's like our insecurities gets the best of us pretty much in this whole aspect of that scene yeah davy at the party is just hilarious like i've never (laughs) actually uh been to a party quite like this (laughs) until i was like out of high school it was always just like kickbacks um so i'm not sure they exist outside of tv and movies so uh some of y'all might have to vouch for that i do know that i'm very introverted and that i usually just stick to small groups uh, within parties and bond with like-minded wallflowers you can tell that Davy is happy to see Ben, even if they do just roast each other, because it's someone that she knows and is is willing to talk to her. Um, and I also it's an interaction she knows how to handle. Yeah, yeah, comfort, comfort. Mm-hmm. And I also think she kind of tries to make him jealous regarding Paxton, but like <laughs> you can really tell that she kind of has this whole like five hundred days of summer um, expectations versus reality thing going on when it comes to Paxton, um, and she's definitely overthinking it. Like when he gives her the nickname, so she's pretty crushed when she sees that he's talking to Zoe instead of her, and it leads her to getting drunk and making stupid decisions been there done that what are some of your thoughts on this either of you (laughs) dylan i think as a member of the hot pocket you have first rights to talk about cool kids and how they act oh well i've never been to a party like that whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) never like not even as an adult no (laughs) like to be i'm not not sure they exist i don't think no okay disclaimer Uh, every party that you see in tv no one goes that crazy. I had a crazy ass party that I went to. It was a black light lingerie party and it was crazy. It was fun. Though. That's being an adult. Yeah, but I mean, like, as an adult, <laughs> I was definitely not a teenager. It's mostly just a bunch of, like, a couple teenagers having a beer and, like, playing beer pong and not knowing what they're doing. Yeah, that's what I've been to, like, beer pong, just pizza yeah. shows, and just not that of a rowdy kind of thing. But yeah. Devi is reckless. She she's reckless when it comes to getting attention. Like mm-hmm. you see her just pushing us when she 
gets out that door, that double door <laughs> backyard. Where, so I'm like, what? Like, well, girl. <laughs> I love I love that scene too because she throws the beer down and then like clearly the entire hot pocket are low-key environmentalists because they're like littering yeah, <laughs> in the background <laughs> there's a part in that scene when she starts to approach the the coyote that like was like some random girl is just like like davy be careful and i was all who was that who knows her name <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me i don't even know <laughs> it's definitely a very illuminating scene like i i like that word that you used reckless because i think Danny, you've been talking about how Davy is fearless. And that's sort of true, but it's like never felt fully right. I think Reckless's part is a big part of it, right? Like she... Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to Paxson. Yeah, it's not just that she's like going for what she wants. She's just like, fuck it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Because she gives up easily. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Like she's very reckless. She throws a book through a window and she's very... She's like savage and a reckless at the same time. And like explosive. <laughs> I feel like this brings us up to talking about Davy and Paxson as a ship, which we rarely do. Um, They have some moments... (laughs) Because you don't like it. (laughs) I don't not like it like you do, but it's not my favorite. (laughs) They have some moments in this episode, though, for sure. He's really good at playing the hero, and I think it's uh, something he really enjoys. And it seems like he's starting to realize that there is just like a lot more to Davy than he thought. She opens up to him and tells Mm. him about how she thought the coyote was her dad. So it does seem like she's growing. And then when he says a line about her being crazy, but in a good way, which is kind of rude, but like giving backhanded compliments is definitely a form of flirting with someone. Rude like telling your best friend that she's a micromanager. (laughs) (laughs) As I think everyone is aware by now, we are not big Daxton shippers, as they call it. I'm curious, though, where your allegiances lie, Dylan. I know you're part of the Hot Pocket, so you might feel biased towards Paxton. But what are your thoughts on this budding love triangle? Well, who are you you speaking to, Dylan, or are you speaking to Eddie? (laughs) To Dylan! (laughs) I'll go, is it Daxton? Daxton. Um, I would say Daxton, but by default, I'll go Team Debbie, because she needs to, she wants to find herself. She's trying to find herself. Mm-hmm. So I, because when my trade brought up Team Devi, I was like, that makes more sense. Because like, she doesn't know what she wants. No, she does not know what she wants, and it's her. I mean, high school is a year of for everyone to like break out their eggshells and like um discover oneself. So like, mm-hmm. Team Devi makes the most sense. But if you have to say between the two guys, I would say Team Daxton. Is that the actual ship name, though? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say final answer, Daxton, because not only because <laughs> he's the hot pocket, but, like, Paxton is genuinely a good guy. Like, he may not show it at first, because, like, you see through the season of how Paxton can be towards Devi. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, genuinely licensed, like, saving her from the coyote, being there for her, like, Ben did not move. He just sat there, stood there, and like I have, I have a comment about that later, but we'll get there. (laughs) Like he, he, like of all the guys at the party, it was Paxton who was the hero, and again later on, who always saved Debbie. Well, I will say, even though I am not a Daxton fan myself, that I think Paxton was really sweet to her in this episode. Mm -hmm. 
and not just like the swooping her up and taking her to the hospital, but like he stayed with her in the hospital. He could have been a total jerk when she opened up about her dad, but he was sweet in a very genuine way. Yeah. And it actually like that made me wonder if he has a trauma that we don't know about. Because I don't even think we like, do we see his dad this season? No, he only we, references yeah. him like that transmit him like a bunch of times. That's the only thing. Yeah. So we don't know what his relationship with his father is like. We don't know like what other traumas he's had in his life. We really, like you were saying, Dylan, only really know about his sister. So it kind of made me wonder, like, is there something more that connects them? We also see him through um, a Davy's like lens. Like it's her point yes. of view for the most part. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's true for pretty much everyone except for Ben. He's the only person who gets a like full point of view episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think like I, I agree with Team Davy in general. Danny knows this, but like my ship is always whoever the main character is in happiness. So <laughs> that's my OTP. I mean, I definitely want that for her as well. Yeah, you just think that you just think that Ben's gonna make her happy. No, I think that their end game, which is a totally different concept. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We can get into the theory of shipping some other time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, well, speaking of uh, Ben, I know that this podcast is starting to feel like a Ben and Davey propaganda, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about Bevy again. They don't interact much in this episode, but it's there. There were a few things to point out, though. He gives Davey a backhanded compliment after being paired with her best friend, saying that they are lost without their commander and dork. But it is him basically admitting how smart she is. And he doesn't seem too phased about Paxton at this point, but I think you can see it kind of register when they're at the party together. A lot of people say that Ben doesn't really react to Davy getting attacked by the Cody, but as someone who has seen this episode just way too many times <laughs> at this point, he definitely does. He puts down his drink and ignores Shira and just immediately runs over to see what's going on. When he sees what's going on, though, at first he's like just in complete shock, and then Paxton is just the first one to react and... And shoves him out of the way, and it's the hero of the day. And you can immediately tell by his face afterwards that he's pissed that he didn't do anything. He's pissed at himself. True. And yeah. Okay, now I, I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah. I see it. I see it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then at the very end of the episode, when the whole class is cheering for Davy, he's like begrudgingly cheering them on, and you can like tell by the look on his face, like it just says it all. He's so jealous. So I would love to see Mr. Shapiro like assign them to a group project where they're forced to work together. Does anybody have anything else to add about Ben or Bevy? That'd be cool. Ben, Paxton, and Devi in a group project. <laughs> that I would mean, be... I mean, my ultimate ship is the three of them just dating each other, but... A love triangle? <laughs> like, they're just That together. could be an episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait, what do you, what do you call it? Because I think you've called it something and I, it doesn't stick with me, but I suddenly want to call... Bexton V? Okay, what I want to call it now is Dankston. Ew, no. Just get the N from Ben's name and stick it in the middle. No. <laughs> sounds like a scientific element. <laughs> I think it sounds like they're just going to smoke weed and fuck, but... <laughs> I mean... Uh, Okay, I should, like, um, I'm a, such a multi-shipper. I'm like down with everything. <laughs> yeah, you do love your ships, Danny. I I think you're right that Paxton did a better job with the coyote thing than Ben did, Dylan. And not just being the big guy and swooping and carrying her off, but also being there like we talked about. I'm still Team Bevy for life. 
as you know, if she's going to be with anybody. But one last thing I wanted to make sure that we get into before fashion is Debbie's conversation with Dr. Ryan, because again, Debbie is crossing all sorts of boundaries. And again, she's avoiding dealing with her trauma over her dad dying so she can talk about boys or whatever and thongs. And I feel like I'm starting to understand why later in the season, Dr. Ryan asks, like, wonders if she's actually going to be the best therapist for Davy. Like, your therapist has to be able to call you out. Mm -hmm. Or at least, I need my therapist to call me out. Yeah, I think uh, she has a bit of a breakthrough when uh, she's opening up about the coyote to Dr. Ryan. I really don't think it's uncommon to see a relative that has passed an animal. If you haven't Mm -hmm. watched Dead to Me on Netflix, you absolutely should. But it also has a heavy storyline about grief where Christina Applegate's character's son sees his father that has passed away in a yellow bird throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And this really reminded me of that. I think it's pretty common, but like I got a free extra daiquiri once when I was at a Mexican restaurant with my grandma and it was it happened to be her favorite Mexican restaurant. And so we were there to celebrate my grandpa's birthday. Uh, so your grandpa who had passed yeah, away. Yeah, my grandpa right? who had passed yeah. away. Um, and so when I got this free extra daiquiri, my entire family just took it as a, a sign for my grandpa because I was his favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so not technically the same thing, but a lot of people will see relatives that passed away in things and moments. Like grief is really hard. Dylan, have you ever seen or felt someone you lost after they were gone? Uh, yeah, butterflies. The butterfly theory. Um, when someone passed away and you're like walking around, and if there's like a white butterfly that's like around you, that means that's one of your relative or whoever died. That's your oh. the symbol. So like I've been around friends who recently lost someone and there's the butterflies just like floating around. Because like butterflies don't naturally just float around you. They just come and go. But once a butterfly is like continuous just around you, like flying around you, like that's symbol of like that's the one you know mm-hmm. huh. saying goodbye or hi or like i think it's goodbye don't recall but it's like that butterfly is the one you love mm-hmm. and like i gotta mention that to my friend jess who like raises butterflies <laughs> read online too i remember reading it, it was like a, i think the japanese theory or some sort of theory of what butterflies mean after i think it's a white butterfly that's just fluttering around you We'll have to look into that. But I mean, everyone has like a different way of doing grief in like different cultures, mm-hmm. especially religious groups. It's like Buddhism, um, where uh, um, they think that someone's coming back to life in a different form. So I guess mm-hmm. that's where they went off to of like, oh, my dad could be a coyote or whatever is visiting or like someone coming back to visit you or like different symbolic signs or like natural things of like someone's just giving you a sign of like, hey, I'm here or like I'm with you. Yeah. Kind of things. So like, with Debbie, it's the coyote. With some people, it's a butterfly or a little, your daiquiri, things like that. Like, mm-hmm. just coincidence of, oh, but that's actually, like, maybe your feelings of, like, your thoughts mm-hmm. of remembering them. Projecting, yeah. 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 So, before we launch into the fashion choices of these teenagers, I think I read that you have a degree in fashion merchandising, Dylan. I do. <laughs> and that you've done some <laughs> you work. You and Elle Woods. Yeah. You've done some work in um, costume department for other projects. We're completely fascinated with costuming when it comes to characterization. Like, it really does say a lot about the characters. What is that like for you? And did you get a chance to work in the costume department at all of Never Have I Ever? I haven't, but I've worked closely with 
um, I know the costume designer and I communicated with um, the costume assistants closely to develop Eddie's look. Um, well, I mean, it was like, oh, cool. um, it was like a, a winging and improving, but like, it was cool to see how professional production deals with the outfits and discovering and like making a mood board and things like that of like how to develop a character's look and like everyone mm-hmm. has their quirks and I guess the costume is what brings out their personality for for example Eleanor yeah. Bubba, colorful and things like that so yeah what was the question so, again <laughs> I think you I think, I think you, you answered, answered it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah um so we used to ask this a lot on our last podcast because the costuming and the magicians was crazy and like always really detailed around characterization but if you could steal anyone's wardrobe from Never Have I Ever, whose would it be and why? Ooh, ooh, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, okay, okay. I roast Ben all the time, but it's usually his pants that, that kill it for me. Like, he has really good shirts, usually. <laughs> it's the pants. Oh, I don't like his pants. I like his tops and shoes. Yeah, his tops. His tops are nice. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we should say goodbye to Dylan and then Danny and I will pick up the rest of fashion. Thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank Thank you you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. It was really, really fun. All right. Well, hopefully we'll have you back for season two sometime. Hopefully. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. Bye. All righty. Let's get into our fashion choices. Mm hmm. So I really love uh, Davy's first school outfit in this episode with like the flannel and the mm-hmm. black shirt and her red mini skirt. Like I'm not usually a fan of skirts, but she looks really cute there. Um, I also like Paxton's sweater that he's wearing, like the blue one. Like it kind of looks like a stoner sweater, but <laughs> a little nicer than that. It reminds me of those ones. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I thought the same that it was like a stoner sweater. I think, <laughs> I think like it's a surfer thing, but surfers and stoners, it's a fine line. This is true. I mean, it, it's just like that whole like California vibe. <laughs> um, and so, for once, Ben is dressed well in like the button-up flannel shirt. Yeah, although, from the top up. <laughs> yeah, in my group chat, we've all joked that it's the first evidence of bisexual Ben because it's <laughs> all the way up to the top. Normal guys don't really do that. <laughs> but he actually dresses really nice in the whole episode. Like, I hate camo, but I think somehow he pulls it off. But it's a big step up for him because I've been roasting him for, you know, two episodes now. I just gotta, I just gotta say one thing. Bisexual guys are normal guys, Danny. Come on. No. No, <laughs> They're uh, not normal. I'm not normal. You're not normal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> normal to make it Yeah, exactly. The bisexual Ben thing is fun to joke about. Obviously, for the most part, we are joking. Um, yeah, and I mean, honestly, to really know if Ben is bisexual, we have to see him sit in a million chairs. This is true. Um, so, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not queer, it's just a big fucking joke for queer people to be like, hey, I identify with this person and I think they should be queer too. So don't take it seriously. Um, The next point is I think Trent and my ex-girlfriend have the same wardrobe. They kind of do. (laughs) 
<laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's true, though. I will um, say she wears it better, but... It's a little different. It's like a similar vibe, but more feminine. Yes. I love Davy's party outfit with her big thigh-high boots, or I guess I should say Kamala's thigh-high boots since she's still <laughs> from her. And I basically love all of Eve's outfits. Like, I really like the way they dress her. Um, it's very similar, I feel like, to something I would have worn in high school. Yeah, I think she's really cute. And I know you did sort of, like, a little bit at the beginning mention this, but I do feel like we also just, in fashion, have to call out the dresses and wigs they're wearing in the music video. Honestly, like, why do they have identical dresses in two different colors? Just period? I don't know. It has to be some weird TikTok thing that I just don't understand. <laughs> it's, it's not an app for our generation. Like, I know a couple people who have it, but, like, yeah, I don't get it. I, it's probably just some kind of way of showing, like, that they can, like, edit a video well. I don't know. Oh, probably. But, like, I'm still genuinely confused about why they have identical dresses in two different colors. All three of them. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe someone can inform us. There might be some specific <laughs> reason there that we're just not aware of. Yeah. Did you have any other fashion notes? I, I mean, I think you hit so many of them, and that, that's most of it. I do agree. I think Ben actually looked good in this episode instead of looking like a hot mess who's trying too hard. So I appreciated that. I've been joking with people that it's probably because he's trying to impress Davey. <laughs> You, I feel like you are reading way too mi much into their interactions in this episode, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. When you've seen the episodes as many times as I have, like you just pick up on like the, like the littlest things. See, this is you with the conspiracy theory board and all the yarn. It is me. I mean, that's <laughs> me all the time anyways. I mean, like that was me in the Magicians podcast all the time. <laughs> and I was right. At least once. <laughs> <laughs> once is all it takes. I will ride the high forever of getting the musical number right for like season four. It was really almost too right, though, to the point where I was just like, did I write this? <laughs> they, they put a chip in your brain or something, right? That's the real conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Should we do one-liners? Yes. All right. The first one is, I will wreck him. <laughs> from Eleanor <laughs> and then she does a little like kung fu thing <laughs> so cute the next one for me is I got a shitload of Uncrustables in the freezer it's never confirmed that Trent is a stoner but I'm pretty sure he has to be he is minimally a stoner at heart and I do think like you get a little bit more confirmation by just how like blase he is about one of his and Paxton's friends being on mushrooms in this episode I thought that was so funny. Um, it was really funny. It was really funny. Like, they're trying to fuck with him, which is really a messed up move. I've been on shrooms. Don't do that to your friends. <laughs> I actually, one of my quotes is from that scene. It's, um, does your mom have any old dolls? <laughs> God, that would be so terrifying <laughs> to just, like, wake up to. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's your next one? Next one is, I've been going to prom since seventh grade, and it's Paxton, <laughs> completely serious about it. And like, I was like, do people actually do that? Because that's really creepy. Well, I suppose it depends on, like, who, if you have, like, a junior prom, it's slightly well, like, less creepy. I don't know. But junior prom is still, like, 
four or five years older than a kid that's like 13. That's creepy. That's true. And his sister's younger, right? So it's not like he could have gone with his sister some year. Yeah, it's, it means he was going with a, an older lady. Mm. Not cool. Um, <laughs> Giving Trent's mom hope. <laughs> yeah. Trent's mom is great because she just reminds me of like the Amy Poehler. I'm a yep. cool mom. Yeah. The next one is, you're all hating on it because you're anti-Semitic, Ben. Oh, my God. (laughs) He would play that card. He absolutely would. And then, of course, we've mentioned this quote many times already, but I will not be buying you a tacky ass thing. (laughs) I don't see why she, like, does that mean that Dr. Ryan would buy her a classy thong? I, I don't know. Maybe. I feel like that's something important that I need to know the answer to. I just was like, why does someone else need to buy it for her? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's not like alcohol. <laughs> it's not like she's going to use her mom's credit card and she's going to know exactly what she like bought. Like, <laughs> use cash, girl. Yeah. <laughs> the next one is, have you partnered with stupid people? <laughs> I love her. I mean, she goes on kind of like a diatribe after that about how like Americans are stupid in general, but it was pretty funny. And then after that is love that bread soda. I've never heard anyone call it that before, so it cracked me up when Davy said that. Oh my god, I want to use that now. I've never heard it too either. I mean, obviously it was bullshit that she was like, yeah, I've heard that a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna steal your next one because it's on my list too. If I had your body, I'd treat it right, too. Mm, Davey, that should have stayed in your head. It was kind of smooth, though. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that bad. (laughs) And then the next one is also Davey. Can I get you a Gatorade? Because you seem real thirsty. That's the teapot calling Kettle Black. (laughs) I know, but it was funny. (laughs) It was really funny. Those two are just always roasting each other, basically saying the exact same thing back to each other. Just because they're the same person. (laughs) The next one is, oh my God, Paxton, stop it. You're going to like make me spill my vodka crayon. (laughs) This is only funny because Zoe is exactly the kind of girl who would drink vodka crayon. I I smell some stereotypes. (laughs) Oh yeah, which like, I really hope, like we've said before, like I hope that they start rounding out these characters because at this point it's like, there are so many background characters that are just static so yeah the next one is i'm sorry i just watched 16 hours of riverdale <laughs> anybody should be sorry for that that's too much riverdale to be watching at once um you say I that like you haven't i have never binged it like that okay <laughs> but i used to watch it like as it came out and then like i waited till it went on netflix but yeah it's, just, it's too much it's too much at once but, like, right after that, she said that she read a Jughead and Harry Potter fan fiction. And that's a very interesting mashup there. <laughs> and then my last one is, yo, what do you think's going to happen on the full moon? <laughs> Although, according to Teen Wolf lore, there are were coyotes. So, you know, he could be re- referencing that. Weren't there, like, were-jaguars in um, True Blood, too? Like, a whole bunch of different were-creatures? Yes, there were. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe... I, I think I think you're onto something. I think Trend is secretly smart. I do. I mean... I don't know if he's, like... He's probably just, like, lucky smart. You know what I mean? Like, 
he just gets lucky with knowing certain things. Well, we'll see. But we'll see. Like, I bet he's, like, randomly going to get, like, a perfect score on the SATs or something. Yeah, I could totally see him as being, like, a smart slacker. Yeah. Which is basically what I was in high school. I love the exchange at the beginning between Oliver and Eleanor. This feels like a trap, and she's just like, it is. Uh, Eleanor's delivery is just perfect. And I could not see that and not think (laughs) of the Star Wars scene. It's a trap. (laughs) well that is the classic trap line but yeah i i see it um i also love how fabiola keeps forgetting that she has a boyfriend alex gomez i love that little guy he's so important to me but is he is the look on her face when she says it she just like purses her lips and like looks off into the (laughs) distance and like there's so many times when she's like bullshitting her friends that i just like don't know how they don't pick up on it oh (laughs) Um, my next one is Ben, and uh, it's uh, just for one day. Can we learn something that'll be on a future AP test? <laughs> it reminded me so much. Have you seen the show AP Bio? I haven't. Okay, I've heard of it though. You should. I, I think it. you would like it. I do like uh, the the guy. I don't remember his name right now, but he's in. <laughs> it's always sunny. Philly okay. though. But the like, there are a bunch of characters in that who are like high achievers and get really pissed that he doesn't teach them anything important. And I was like, oh, that's Ben. That's Ben so this is actually something that I was thinking about and I don't think I ever addressed it I was just like if it's an AP class why the fuck is Paxton in that class like why is he repeating oh yeah yeah that's a good point but it would have to be an AP class for for like Ben and Davey to be in it world history for sure um but it's just like Trent's in that class like (laughs) <laughs> I, I think I don't think they really thought about it probably too much they probably just like were like we need all these people in the same room yep. yeah yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's like that deep but it's still something to think about yeah um my next one is Kamala I think about you too I saw a couple riding a tandem bike and it made me think about how you don't know how to ride a bike she reminds me actually of this guy I dated once because he would like say really stupid observations like that um, <laughs> this is not very smart though Okay, so this is not a knock against my in-laws at all because I love them, but I remember that at some point they were telling, they got like engaged right after they met. They got married really young. And I remember that at some point we were like talking to them about their early relationship and my father-in-law said that my mother-in-law was always like, commenting on things like the leaves and like making random observations. And so he thought she was high all the time and I don't think that's why he asked her to marry him, but there's definitely like some causality in the way that he told it that was like question. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, all right, what's my next one? Uh, oh, also Kamala. These are high schoolers and their parents are okay with them taking showers together in their homes? That, that one I almost put down too. It's, it's pretty funny. Like Riverdale is just, it's so off the wall. That show makes no sense. <laughs> and like, I mean... Those actors are very obviously not in high school in a way that, like, even in most shows, it, it's not as obvious. I still think Glee's the worst example of kids in high school that aren't in high school. But, yeah, you, you, you can tell they're not. So my next one is Fabiola, and I know that you liked this one, too. Oh, yeah? Would a dork be sleeping with Paxton Hall Yoshida from school? <laughs> it's just the, it's like the from school at the end that makes it, <laughs> Yeah, it's like she's like, 
like has to explain who he is to, <laughs> to Ben. And I like I'm pretty sure Ben knows who Paxton is. You could probably just say just Paxton. I feel like I can picture her explaining a knock knock joke to someone. It hasn't come out yet, but I was working on like a like a drinking game for this show and like one of the like things was drink anytime they use Paxton's full name. <laughs> <laughs> that would get you drunk pretty quick. It would. All right, so I have two more. Davy, she's only hot from the boobs down and the chin up, but her neck is kind of busted. <laughs> what is she even doing? And then Nalini, how are her vitals, Dr. Walking HPV infection? I love Nalini. She's so savage, and she really just does not like Paxton. Like, she just has it out for him. Yeah, yeah, which, legit. I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've gotten to the end of that, so we're going to move on to our MVPs. I feel like that we can both agree that the MVP is Ben Norris, and at least I got to give it to them. Trent is just a funny-ass character. He really reminds me of, like, a 90s character in general, and a little bit like another character named Trent from Daria, just like that. I wonder if he's named for Maybe. I really, really would love to see Trent be a secret genius like we've been talking about. Trent really shines in this episode, and he also helps reveal a lot more about Paxton and their bromance. Mm-hmm. And I think the best meme that I've made so far is the one where Davy is saying, this is my boyfriend Paxton, and this is Paxton's boyfriend Trent. <laughs> <laughs> because their friendship is just what fits that meme so perfectly. So I'm going to give it to Ben, although the coyote is a close second. You totally have Todd glasses for Trent. Uh, I think we talked about this before, but Todd was Danny's favorite like little side character from The Magicians. He was uh, definitely very comic relief. Um, and I think Trent is shaping up to be a lot like him. Um, I do think he's great in this episode. Absolutely. He has spectacular comedic timing and delivery. And he like comes from a comedy background. Ben does, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. But... He's not the only contender for MVP, though. Uh, however much you may want to think that. <laughs> so I am going to go ahead and give mine this week to Lee because I think she does a really great job wrapping the like, nuanced and complicated feelings that Fabiola is dealing with as she's coming to grips with being gay. Like that, Ben is a fantastic comedic actor. And if we're just looking at the comedic side of things, you're right. Like nobody matches him in this episode. But on the more heart side, I think, I think Lee does a great job and I want to give it to her. Lee does an amazing job. I mean, honestly, it's so hard to pick MVPs in this show because everyone is just, they're really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've decided to scrap our episode rating. Just so everyone knows, it doesn't make any sense for this. It does not make any sense for this TV show um, because it is so short and so cohesive. <laughs> it's really hard to pick things out that you don't like. It's it becomes too nitpicky at that point. Yeah. So, what we should do, like what I'm going to do for the future, is maybe like either take something that I want to discuss, or just do a general summary. Um, and I saw something really cool on Tumblr. No idea who wrote it anymore, but it said something ar- like along the lines of, I think people need to stop dismissing films like Crazy Rich Asians and To All the Boys mm-hmm. I Loved Before as cool for representation, but just rom-com fluff. 
because like damn guys, sometimes I just don't want to deal with the super deep narratives about identity and misogyny. Sometimes I just can't handle the secondary trauma of movies like that. Mm. Sometimes I just need to escape into a happy place of light and humor and hot people. And sometimes <laughs> I want that happy place to show people who look like me. And I really, really like thought that that could apply to Never Have I Ever as well. Like, I'm pretty sure this was written before that show came out. Um, but it's like, it's true. Like, you know, some people have been knocking it as being like, oh, it's predictable. It's like yeah. great for representation, but it's predictable or like just a little too rom-com. And I'm like, okay, but like these people haven't had that. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Color have not had that many rom-coms thrown in their way or just like stupid movies. And they point out, someone points out that, you know, you, you shouldn't knock escapism representation. And they said that in all seriousness, uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle is like a revolutionary film expressly because it is a mediocre stoner film that happens to star two Asian dudes. And it's true, like, you don't really yeah. see that very often. Like, that was a big deal when it came out. Well, and even just, like, like thinking about the comparison, right? Like, okay, so people are saying that it's, it's trite and predictable. But if, it's, if the storyline is trite and predictable, that's because white actors have gotten to do that thousands and thousands of times so like coming after something that is actually showing representation in a broader way like is a more diverse cast and being like okay this more diverse one that's the one that we have to like shit on it's such bullshit mm -hmm. I mean I I definitely like really complicated things, right? Like I tend to go for things that do deal with trauma because I don't know. I don't know if I'm just like a masochist or like <laughs> that's how I process my own bullshit. But I also, I mean, this does that too, to an extent, but it's also funny and a rom-com and I am a sucker for rom-coms and I would rather see a rom-com that like reflects the world the way that it actually looks mm -hmm. than see a rom-com that is like, you know, 12 different Isla Fisher uh, <laughs> copycats. <laughs> yeah. And it also kind of reminds me, it's a little bit different, but kind of like a similar concept uh, when it comes to sexual orientation, but the the Love, Simon movie, like, got a lot of shit for mm. how happy and, like, like, safe it was. And it's, like, at the same time, it's, like, they did deal with, like, him coming to terms with his sexuality, him coming out, and, like, even if his parents are receptive to it, like, that, like, is still a story being told. Well, and I think there's an element of sexism to it, too, right? Like, Jane Austen, you know, people gave her crap at the time and give her crap now for, like, writing these marriage trap romances. But also, there's plenty of, like, pulp thrillers and bullshit like that that's equally trite. And you don't see the same discourse around it. You don't see the same like bullshit around it. It's because it's romance and romance is considered to be a sort of feminine domain that people take it down more. So these things intertwine, right? Like just, you need a diversity of storylines and to be able as well as a diverse, like you need to be able to have a lot of different types of TV shows and movies and narratives and not just be like, oh, it has to be super deep and dealing with trauma all the time to be good yeah and it like it kind of sucks too though like a lot of these things like 
Crazy Rich Asians was huge. It was a huge mm-hmm. movie. But like, say when you take Love Simon into account, or um, another big one would be the Power Rangers reboot. You finally get something that has a fuck ton of diversity in it, and no one goes out to see it. And I'm like, hmm. you're complaining about this online, but you're not willing to go and actually. Well, they see also it. don't get marketed in the same way, right? Like, they so I don't think it's just the individuals, right? Like, there's a whole system behind it that is. Anyway, (laughs) but it is it's upsetting as like someone who like wants those films and like just to see people just shit on it. Yeah. And say that they want this representation so badly and like not do anything about it. Well, I I don't know what circles you're traveling in, but I've mostly heard good things about this particular show. And if you want to dismiss it as a rom-com, fine. You're going to be dismissing a lot of great stuff if you dismiss all rom-coms. So mm, fuck off. (laughs) <laughs> yes um i i mean like, i haven't seen too too much regarding the show but it just kind of reminded me of some of the early like reviews that i saw of the show just you know your typical nitpicky critics <laughs> and that's why we're not doing episode ratings <laughs> <laughs> yes so uh do you have anything else that you want to say before we wrap up Honestly, I think we covered we covered a lot of territory today. We did. This is going to be a long one. Um, so if you stuck it through this far, congratulations. You win nothing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with that, I think we've come to the end of our show. Um, thank you, Dylan, for joining us. He cannot say anything, but thank you. Um, we love to have guests. It's been a delight. Listeners, thank you for joining us. If you like this episode, you can subscribe online wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you do use Apple Podcasts, uh, try to like rate us or uh, write a review. That always helps um, when it comes to podcasts. So thank you. And you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at NHIE underscore podcast. Bye. Bye. Never Have I Ever Hosted a Podcast is produced and hosted by Danny Lowry with co-host Clara Shirley Appel. Saxon Ahern is our sound engineer and Lanier Sammons wrote our theme. Mind slot. Throw it up.